I'm Dave Rubin, and as you guys know, I am off the grid for August in an undisclosed location, but we went ahead and pre-taped some incredible, fabulous, wonderful, groundbreaking interviews for you in July. And joining me today is the host of The Adam Carolla Show and the author of many books. I believe this is his sixth, but his newest book right here in my hand. Everything reminds me of something, advice, answers, but no apologies. Adam Carolla, welcome back to The Rubin Report. Always good to see you, Dave. Corolla, uh, I have to have a little mea culpa up top here. I'm off the grid right now, and as I'm interviewing you just a few days before the end of July, I have not read the book yet because I'm going to read it in August. But is it fair to say this is your best work ever? No, but it's up there. <laughs> and, you know, you have to understand, my best work ever is pretty damn funny. This is pretty damn funny, too. I, it's, it's really hard to kind of rank them. People like in 50 years will all be chicks, you know, and they like not Taco Bell material. But, you know, I, it's hard for me to do it. But if you go on uh, Amazon, it had a 4.8. It toggles between like a 4.7 star and a 4.8 star. My other books are four, five, four, six, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it arguably is ranked a little, a little higher review wise, but, uh, it's, it's up there. Everything's above a 4.5. I think what you're really trying to say is that your best work does involve a trampoline. Is that what you're really saying? That's the, and it's all in the rear view mirror. <laughs> Speaking of the rear view mirror, uh, I don't see you in person anymore because I left California in the rear view mirror. You're still there. You're on the short list of sane people. How's it going over there? You all right? Do you need any money or help? What can I do for you? It's uh, not good. You know, um, I know people always kind of talk about the grid and wildfires and, you know, homelessness and and uh, drug trafficking and uh, crime, street crime and everything. But I I will sort of paint you a a picture of how L.A. and California is doing. Um, We tried to open a bridge in L.A. like two weeks ago, and it had to be closed down because too much street racing, too many people climbing it and threatening to jump off, too much graffiti, We literally attempted to open a bridge in the middle of L.A. to the tune of $600 million, and two weeks after it was open, it's now closed because the people could not figure out a way to walk across it without tagging it, threatening to jump off, or or shivving somebody with a shank. So you're saying I made the right decision. Is that what you're telling me? I, I think so. I mean, you have bridges in Florida and they're mostly open. Seem fine to me. From what I can tell, you talking, know, you're going to get a gator under them every now and again, but they're functioning and uh, you just go to the other side and it's humid there talking, too. It's okay. We're talking about putting speed bumps in this bridge and putting a medium in the middle of it because people can't stop from doing donuts in the middle of the bridge. I feel like the nonsense of L.A. and California must be particularly hard for a guy like you because 
if, when I think of you first, I, you're very functional. You like things that work. You're a contractor. You like things that make sense. And yet you live in a place where nothing makes sense. Have you thought about that spiritually? Yeah, if you're wired the way I'm wired and you're very mechanical and pragmatic, it does make no sense to, you know, you you turn on the TV and the Los Angeles um, commissioner's board or the L.A. Council committee or whatever is seven insane women in their mid-60s wearing masks on Zoom calls talking about, you know, remasking the kids before we open the schools and comparing wearing a mask to wearing shoes. You don't think wearing shoes is restrictive. It's more restrictive than wearing a mask. Like just insane middle-aged cows setting policy. So yes, it is, it is, I, for a guy like me, I would, I would like somebody with some experience in the private sector making normal decisions for the citizens. It's like, it's like being in a city run by the ladies of the view. I really don't know how you do it anymore, yes. honestly. That's, it really, that's what you're up that's against. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's just a, an insane um, cadre of yentas who have feelings about wearing masks and have, have, you know, it's like Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, when she was up there, like, I'm speaking as a mother. I have a bad feeling. Like, no one gives a shit about your feelings, which <laughs> just make some policy, would you? I don't care that. Look out. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm a dad. And I got a bad feeling that the schools are going to be closed and that my son's going to have to wear a mask for no reason. So are we even now in the feelings department? I feel like you just oh. gave Ben Shapiro a great idea for his next book. No one gives a shit about your feelings, which that, uh, that feels yes. like you could yeah. co-write that with him. I think I'd love it. So, uh, I believe because I do do my research, although I said, I, I I'm going to read this thing in August. I believe in chapter four, you say you're going to stay till your kids are out of high school and then you're going to get the hell out. Is that, is that really the plan? Oh yeah. You have to, you can't, run a business or, you know, try to function in LA or California uh, uh, any other way. I mean, I guess you could work for the TSA, I imagine, and, and stay in California, but you can't practically do it if you're trying to run a, run a business. So yes, I would have to leave. Speaking of the craziness of the world, uh, as we're recording this right now, it sounds like we're in a recession. As of this morning, on July 28th, we are in a recession, although uh, they have thus changed the definition of recession in real time and edited it on Wikipedia. Um, things don't seem to be going very well. Did they edit it on Wikipedia? There's wow. been 30, as of today, there's been 37 edits on the official recession page on Wikipedia. But you can see it all over on CNN. Everybody's editing. You know, they're just, a recession isn't too consecutive uh, quarters of GDP going down. Now it also, there's other factors and, and the feelings thing and all that. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I always think about Kamala Harris talking to Lester Holt about the border. And he's like, have you been to the border? And she's like, oh, uh, well, yeah, we've been to the border. You've been to the border? We have. And then he goes, but have you been to the border? And she's like, 
I haven't been to Europe. What are we talking about? The most interesting thing about that exchange is not her sort of lying. It's her at the end. She goes, I I don't know what you're asking. (laughs) You don't know what I'm asking. You're you're the border czar. Let's just say you're the queen of the Mardi Gras parade. And I said, have you been to Mardi Gras? Would you be confused and go, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're asking? Or that's the craziest part about this sort of new world order, which is like this weird semantic overload thing where we just get bogged down and what what is a recession? What's a border? I don't know. It's it's all invisible. We can't define what's a woman. I, I we what, can't. Yeah, exactly. It's not definable. So how are we gonna? I mean, it's like it's like you go in, like when you're in the sixth grade, and you're like you you go in, and the teacher's like, "Did you bring your homework?" And you went, "What's homework?" Uh, it's the assignment that was assigned to you when you left on Friday. I don't know what that. Yes, there I have seen homework. If that's what you're asking, it's like it's just weird circle talk. And it, it's by the way, uh, you dodged a bullet because you're gay. But uh, when you argue with women, that's how you argue. You, you start I've to talk about things terrible. that don't, you don't even know what you're talking about anymore. And, and <laughs> that's kind of the new world order. What, what is a recession? I don't know. Here's how I define it. Are you surprised well, here's how it, that, are you surprised that all of this is so idiotic that everyone involved with all of this at every level seems like a complete moron or in complete dereliction of their duty or an idiot or an incompetent or a psychopath? I mean, you feel you feel free to use some other adjectives. Like just the whole thing. There's just nobody. Well, look, as I've said many times, if you can argue the definition of what is a woman or the difference between a man and a woman, if, if that's open to debate, then going to the border or recession is certainly on the table. You know what I mean? Like if you really think about the ultimate black and white definition, man, woman. Okay, that's out the window. So a recession, that's easy to argue away if you can argue away a woman, you know what I mean? And I sort of think a lot of that's the motivation for a lot of it because they will argue away anything now because everything is on, on the table. Now the, the question you're sort of asking is, is well, you know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, whomever, I get it. That's their job. But I mean, it's insane, but that's what they're doing. The question is more like, what are the news outlets doing? What are they, aren't they worried about their credibility? Don't they sound insane? I, I mean, I get it. You're a cheerleader for a party. But at what, you know, you're essentially saying, I'm a cheerleader in a football game and the other team just scored. And you go, no, they didn't. <laughs> it's like, yes, they did. No, well, what is your definition of a touchdown then? It's like, CNN, you sound insane. And people stop listening. And why are you making this deal with the devil? Why are you cashing in every bit of goodwill you've earned over the last 50 years on stupid things? Just give it up. You know, this, 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 or, or going like all in on January 6th. You know, it's the worst, you know, a, a democracy hanging by a thread, the worst attack since Pearl Harbor, like your news outlet. Or ivermectins for horses. You know, why are you, why are you 
giving it up. Why are you playing so fast and loose with your dignity? You're a news outlet. You we don't listen anymore. Do you think it's too late and we should just encourage their slow, or I guess at this point, their relatively quick death? It's been a slow death that I think is now escalating. Um, I don't know. Like my feeling is, is uh, if somebody popped on to MSNBC and said, look, um, we traditionally define a recession as two quarters of negative growth and that's what we got. So that's what we're in. I'd go, all right, well, at least that guy sounds semi-sane. Right. But there aren't too many of those guys over there. But, you know, I've asked you this before, but I don't think we've done anything on camera since since you brought me back from off the grid last September. So about 11 months ago, uh, you're a Hollywood guy. You've you've had a lot of success in Hollywood. You still live in L.A. When you think about all of these, the people that you're talking about that are just sort of in on all of the lies. I mean, an awful lot of the Hollywood people, they're just they're just kind of in the lie. Do you, do you get invited to any parties anymore? When's the last time you've been out of the house? Uh, well, I'm out now, technically, but <laughs> not uh, to your own no. building. <laughs> since since you left, uh, I don't get invited to too many parties. <laughs> th- is it really like I, that? I, like, uh, there's an element. That, yes, there's a strong element of not getting invited to things you used to get invited to, for sure. Yeah, uh, not not with certain friends or older friends or guys I've known for a long time or, you know, that sort of stuff. But yeah, sure. There's, there's an element of that. That's what they do. They're, you know, first off, they're cowards. Secondly, there's something they're into McCarthyism big time, which is weird because they never shut up about McCarthyism, but they (laughs) love to practice McCarthyism every chance they get. And then they complain more about McCarthyism. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what Hollywood does. Tell me about the book here, because when I saw the uh, the cover here and I saw the title, Everything Reminds Me of Something, I thought, this is Corolla, because that's you, right? Like, when, you, when you're doing your show, everything that you hear, you're interviewing somebody, you're doing the news, everything reminds you of something that happened way back when. That That is the Adam Corolla. Yeah, it's something I came out of my mouth like five years ago and I went, yeah, that's true. Everything does remind me of something. And I thought it'd be a good title for a book. And the book is people asking questions versus me sitting down and posing my own questions, which is kind of what you do when you write a book. You go, well, here's what I want to talk about. And here's it's it's an interesting conceit because it's like authoring a book is sort of asking yourself a question like, what should we do about the homeless problem? Here's what we need to do about the homeless problem, you know, but this is a little different and that people were asking me questions and I had to form thoughts and opinions on questions that I wasn't asking myself. So I found myself going, hmm, yeah, why is that? And then I was kind of pushed outside of my box and had to figure out what is the answer to that question because they were not my own. Yeah, what's like the most burning thing that you were asked that you really maybe hadn't thought through? You, you're a thinker. You, you're doing a daily podcast, man. You talk to people on the internet. Uh, the one that pops into my head, and there were many, but the, the one I, I remember, and you also people have to remember or consider, I write these books, I write them 
while I'm doing 10 other things. And then they come out and then people go, what's your favorite chapter? Whatever it is. I go, I can't remember anything. I, I, I was there. I did yeah, it. Publishing. And now I'm Slow. gone. And I don't know. Um, but uh, somebody said in a world that's very equitable now in 2022 where males and females sort of share a lot of the same duties and there's more women in college these days and more women attorneys than male attorneys. Why is it when you see a motorcycle going down the road with a couple on it, the guy is still the guy with his hands on the handlebars and the woman is pulled in behind him with her hands on his waist? Why? And I was like, I, yeah, I have some thoughts. I'll let you, I'll let you answer yeah. your own question. No, I'm, I'm see now this is what happened to me. I was like, yeah, I, I never thought of that, but it's true. I've not seen any women riding the bike with the guy in the back, but in a world where we, the guy stays home and takes care of the kids and the woman goes to work and you know, he's making dinner and everything, all the responsibilities are shared now. Why do we still have this? In this one place. Also, it's like, see a lot of women driving with a guy in the passenger seat now. You know, you didn't see that so much when I was growing up. So I'd be curious your take on that, and then I'll tell you what I said. Well, first on the uh, why the man is always driving when the woman's in the car. I never understood that growing up. It was like a running joke in my family because my mo- I knew my mom knew how to drive. She'd somehow drive us to get ice cream or go play basketball. But somehow if my dad was in the car, it was as if my mom had no ability to drive whatsoever. Sometimes we'd be fighting in the back and my dad would turn to my mom, you want to drive and I'll deal with them? And my mom would freak out as if she has no idea where any of the shift and the wheel and the the whole thing. Um, On the first part was the uh, why why are men on the front of the bicycle and on the bike and and the women on the back? I think it's actually because a lot of traditional gender role stuff does make sense and people actually... It's not even that they crave it, they, they sort of automate towards it either way. And it's not to say there aren't things that are good that can be a little bit different than that sort of ideal situation, but uh, I think it's just how it is. It, it would be odd. It would be odd, but not impossible if you saw the chick, you know, holding, holding the, uh, the motorcycle and, and the guy holding her. It just it doesn't fully compute. It's not impossible. It just kind of is. Men are, men right, are usually but- more protectors, you know? Hunter gatherer, the whole thing. But we have like admirals who are transgender now and stuff, you know. I mean, like we're all I get it, that's the way it was, but those rules don't apply to 2022. Everything has been flipped over and turned over and changed. I'll I'll tell you the real answer. Please. The real answer is the couples that are would be considered a progressive couple. The couple I spoke of, the couple where maybe the guy stays home and does the dishes and the woman goes to work and all that. They would never own a motorcycle. Yeah. They're they're scared. The motorcycles wait. These are double masker couples we're talking about. This is wipe everything down with Purell. This is put a helmet on the kid when he goes outside. That's who they are. A motorcycle is far too dangerous for that couple. They would never own a motorcycle. The couples that do own the motorcycles who are willing to deal with the danger of a motorcycle are old school couples. So they have, and I bet their life reflects that. 
I bet in that couple, the guy goes to work and the woman stays home and raises the kids and what have you. So you only see traditional folks on the motorcycles because they would never have a motorcycle in a progressive relationship. So basically they've, they've select, they've self-selected themselves in. Is it, is it kind of fun for you in a way now, like when you're doing stand up or you're doing your show or you're writing a book that it's like, you're mostly a libertarian and at least in my eyes, I don't know if you officially call yourself anything, but like that, that this sort of like basically rough sanity is now starting to be funny. Like that's actually starting to work while the woke stuff and all the crappy Netflix specials by, you know, these not really comedian comedians. They're all, nobody's watching any of them. Yeah, it's now we've come to the point where you can kind of make fun of, of people who are insane. And uh, somehow there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we're in L.A. We're talking about bringing masks back. And there are people now who go, I'm not going along with this. This is nuts. They didn't say anything a year and a half ago, but they're starting to wake up a little bit. And so you can kind of do that on stage now, too, whereas two years ago, you I mean, I did anyway, but people, people are, you know, freaked out about everything. You can, you can slowly start to make fun of, you know, the insane, masked up, transgenderized world that we've created. I'm uh, suddenly, as you were saying that, I'm reminded of a clip. You, you had Gavin Newsom on your show, what, like a decade ago or something? Yeah, I'm a little less, but yeah. Uh, you had Gavin Newsom on there, so maybe eight years ago, something like that. And uh, you, you smacked him around pretty good, which I have to tell you, as a guy that fled the state because of that guy, made me feel pretty good. Do you, do you hold that one? Does that yeah. have a special place in your heart? Yeah, it is. Um, if people can see it on YouTube, if they, if they like, I imagine. I think it's out there. Um, he came in here. I didn't really have anything against him, per se, at the time. Um, he agreed to come in and sit down and did kind of a long form interview with him. Um, there's a couple of caveats. A, he came in, he would never come in to a place like this now or anything near anything like that. Number one, number two, you know, it wasn't a quick hit on news 11. It was as long as, as, as we had. And so he couldn't escape, you know, he couldn't, was there was no segment you know that ended in three minutes and he was going to take off with his security detail he was just trapped in the studio with me and I wasn't planning on going after him I'm not I don't really work that way my idea when I interview people is I want to interview people but I will ask them questions and he started off so I don't think people really know how intellectually troubled he is or bankrupt or or something i don't i don't really know whether to call him a liar or an imbecile or just a sellout or whatever it is but i don't i prefer soulless frankly i just believe he has soulless. no human soul that's just me there's something there's something wrong with him and when i what i mean is is like Kamala Harris, there's something wrong with her and that when Lester Holt is asking if you've been to the border, she doesn't know what he's saying. Like that, that there's a synapse problem. There's something wrong. Now, look, 
You can just lie and, and just go, yeah, I haven't been to the border yet, but I'm closely monitoring the border and I'm planning on going later this week. Just just lie. But to go, I don't know what you're asking, means mm-hmm. something's wrong with you. And something's wrong with a lot of the Biden has something wrong with him, obviously, Kamala Harris. Uh, Newsom has something wrong with him. And so there's a couple of things. One is, is I said to him, look, uh, traffic is, is horrible in this town. Can we work on traffic a little bit? And he said, uh, yeah, you know, first off, it's all kind of news to him. He's like, oh, well, what do you want? You know, what do you want me to do? It's, it's this mm. weird thing, you know, where they don't know you, you don't sit in traffic. <laughs> like you're you're kind of unaware and I said, so I said a few things. I said, in Idaho, there's signs by the side of the highway that says, if it steers, it clears. And in LA, I see people in the third lane on the 405 freeway, both people out of their car because they had a little bumper bender. The cars are fine. No airbags deployed. And they're like standing in the third lane, exchanging information. And my thing is like, pull over. Pull, pull off to the shoulder. It's like, we got into a car accident. I know the car's fine. Just pull it over and get your information. A, people get killed that way. It happens often. And B, you, you've stopped the whole freeway because you guys are having a conversation in the middle of the freeway and your cars run. I said, put it up on the freeway sign. Just if it steers, it clears. They, they have them in all the different states. And so the first thing he went was, he went, uh, really? You know, I'll get out of here, you know, kind of thing. And I said, no, that's, they have it. He's like, I never, never heard of that. So he never heard of, of that. And then he rebutted it with this. And this is what makes Gavin, this is why something is wrong with Gavin Newsom. He said, you know, I tell you, I saw something. He started chuckling. He goes, I, I saw something I liked. I saw a sign I liked. It said, you're not in traffic, you are traffic. And I kind of like that. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it certainly doesn't feel like a way to alleviate the problem <laughs> of traffic. <laughs> so it's an insane statement to say you're not, you know, it's like, I, I'm, I, I'm an oncologist. You don't have cancer, you are cancer. All right, my work is done. Like, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Then he said, I heard him in another interview when he went on to a friendly show, but the the person, the woman who was interviewing him at least was, had enough dignity to say, Hey, people are fleeing California. You know, this, this was a recent interview. What, uh, what are we going to do about that? I mean, you have thoughts about people just leaving California. And he said, uh, you know, uh, my answer to that is (laughs) where else you going to go? And the host said, I can said, think of at least uh, one place. Uh, yeah. The host said, uh, I don't know, Florida, Texas, Nashville, like just any- anywhere. And then he said, Yeah, I know. I look, no, I didn't say that. Jerry Brown used to say that. So he quoted a guy and then disavowed himself of whatever the <laughs> quote was. Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown in 1974 would say, where else you're going to go? And so Gavin Newsom decided to repeat that. And when the person said, yeah, that, but that doesn't make sense. He went, yeah, I know. Jerry Brown said that, that, which means you're, you may, it means, it means you're insane. It means you have a problem. It means you're not thinking correctly. And then he started up 
with me. I, I, I said the homeless, this is nine years ago. I said the homeless problem is crazy people and junkies and both. That's who's homeless. And then he said, let me explain to you the real face of homelessness. He prefaced it by saying that was his main issue and that's what he cared about the most. And then he explained to me the real face of homelessness, the real picture of homelessness was a mother of three whose husband left and who had a minimum wage job and was forced out into the streets. And I said, that's not, that's not who's living on the streets. So very specific example. His number one issue was homelessness. He, was, he said he was passionate about it, then went on to explain a, a scenario that doesn't exist. And now that was nine years ago and homelessness is tenfold worse. So that's who Gavin Newsom is. And I, I don't know. I really, I'm not, I'm always curious why the people around him go, don't, don't say that. Or like, why are you, that's not the, the problem of homelessness is not mothers of three who are making minimum wage. What do you make of the people that are bamboozled by him? And by the way, the only reason I'm even asking you about him, besides the fact that for some reason you're still there and I've fled, is that I'm pretty sure that, uh, as you know, because I'm off the grid at the moment, I could come back and he could be vice president because I think this whole thing is completely out of control. They're keeping Biden alive on God knows what. And, you know, he visited the White House when, uh, you know, when Joe went off to Israel. Vice president. Interesting. That you, you know, you um, well, figure man, out something to get Nancy out of the way, something like that. You get Kamala and um, Gavin Newsom in the same room and you're going to have a nothing circle talk of in complete and utter insanity. We're literally going to have two people who make no sense and who don't track at all. Um, what I make of it is. L.A., California, especially, and then people in general. They're very sort of in Hollywood. You go now, why, you know, why Hollywood? They loved Obama. They 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 love Newsom. You know, like like why? They're aesthetically oriented, and I don't mean it's all about like matinee idol good looks. They just kind of go. They if they said, look, I'm going to show you a picture. I'm going to take everyone in Hollywood and show you a picture. Show you a picture of Gavin Newsom. I'm going to show you a picture of Donald Trump. Who do you want as a pilot in your airplane? They'll go, oh, I want that guy with the jawline for sure. He's a much better pilot. He's got to be. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy. This guy's this guy's eating a cheeseburger. Look at this guy. That guy's my pilot. That's a, It's literally like they're casting a movie all the time. Like, you know, George Clooney looks like he knows what he's doing, you know, and they're so aesthetically oriented and sort of paper thin and there's such this weird living life on kind of the veneer surface of life that they go, that guy, look at that guy. Yeah, look at Obama, that guy. And then you, you go, well, let's talk about policies. And I go, no, 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 let's not get mired in that. Look at that guy. I'd like to have a beer with that guy. That's basically what they do with Gavin Newsom. They're idiots. <laughs> but that's how that's how it works. That That's literally, why, why does Hollywood, Hollywood, hated with a with a red hot burning fever they hated trump a lot of that was just a a, a, it was was an aesthetic and a style they just were driven so nuts by his look and his mannerisms 
that they just didn't care about anything else. They just hated him. Where, where would that hatred, weird visceral hatred come from? They're so shallow that they they work base, basically on an, an aesthetic. I, they love AOC for that reason. Right. I was on Hannity a month ago, and I just went, if, if, if AOC was a middle-aged chubby chick from Minnesota, would anyone listen to a word they, she had to say? And then everyone turned on me and they're like how could you say that it's like what do you mean how could i say it because it's patently true if she was amy klobuchar everyone would think she'd be as popular as amy klobuchar that's right it's exactly right what do we do to get out of this mess that we seem to be stuck in well you know the thing about this mess is, and I, I bring it up all the time, certainly when I'm talking to Dr. Drew, who still lives in California, it's always, anytime I talk to anyone with a couple of brain cells rubbed together, it's like, they always go, well, we got to bottom out and we haven't quite bottomed out yet, but we'll bottom out. And then when we bottom out, then we'll, we'll change. And I go, can't we see ourselves bottoming out? Like, why do we always have to completely bottom out? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, like it, it's basically like saying, you know, I got a 15-year-old daughter and I had to remove all the uh, nail polish remover from her room because she was huffing it. And you go, well, you want to get her some help? I got to wait till she ODs. <laughs> like, I'll wait till she flatlines. And you go, right. yeah, how about getting her some counseling now? She's She's drinking... Nail polish remover. Like, yeah, but she hasn't flat, she hasn't gone into cardiac arrest. It's like, yeah, oh, okay. So California is bottoming out, but we've not utterly bottomed out. And so we have to wait until we physically make contact with the floor of the basement. And then we'll go, you know, I think we got to get some new, new thoughts in here. Is, is the bizarre part of that, too, that there is no such thing as the floor there? Like, no one would ever agree, oh, now it can't get worse than this, because in, I was only there for eight years, but it just got worse and worse. It was not terrible when I got there. Then, obviously, COVID escalated it. But it's like, because you're right, every everybody that I would see in LA, oh, well, it's got to get worse before it gets better. That's what they always say. It's got to get worse before it gets better to wake up people. I don't think people will ever agree on how worse it has to get. No, you're right. It's basically you have an NFL coach. He's three and 13 every year. And then you go, shouldn't we get a new coach? And I go, where do we go? One and 15. The problem is you're not drafting anybody to California to save the place. If you had a draft pick involved, maybe this thing makes sense. But there are no draft yeah. picks as far as I know. Have you lost, are, are all your friends leaving? Uh, a lot of them. Oh, oh, I would say probably more people who are more conservative are leaving. And the less conservative ones are kind of riding it out. And also, you know, there's a version of living in California where you just make a ton of money and kind of hang out in Malibu where you can sort of go, eh, whatever, wherever that bridge is, they built in Boyle Heights. I, I'm not going over that bridge. I I'm going on the Malibu pier. So you're there's just, definitely a lot of that. You're having breakfast at Nobu, aren't you? You elitist. Yes, that's right. 
We'll go to the Soho house afterward for lunch. Adam, what's wrong with Joe Biden? I've been trying to figure it out. I think something's wrong with the guy. You kind of alluded to it. What's wrong with the man? Well, I, I would say there's, you know, if you're going to f- try to figure out what's wrong with Joe Biden, you have to kind of break it off into, into stages, you know, kind of early, middle, and present-day Joe Biden. The, the, the beginning part of Joe Biden was, and I don't think people really took a, a big enough accounting of this, but like when he was like, I was at the head of my law school class, I was the only student with a dual degree and a dual major and two whatever, and I did 15,000 on the SATs. All right, buddy, you want to do a push-up contest? And then later on, it was like, yeah, he was at the bottom of his class. He never got a degree, and he didn't take the SATs. Someone should have pumped the brakes right there and went, that's a sociopath. There's something wrong. Yeah. Now, you look, I was... I don't like to talk about myself, Dave, but... No, 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 no. Please, I'll grant you this one I was... uh, Just this one moment, and then we can go back. Your listeners can enjoy you. I was first team all Central Valley at North Hollywood High in football. And every once in a while somebody's talking and, you know, I'm doing an interview on some sports show or something. I go, Adam was an all city football player. And I go, no, not all city. I wasn't all city. That's, that's higher. I was all Valley, all central Valley. So get it straight. Now, why? Well, the answer is I wasn't all city and I'm just not comfortable with being labeled all city when I was all Valley, a, a lower degree. So, there's something wrong with his character, number one, that he would just plagiarize and lie and lie and lie. Now, he's sort of sociopathic that way. Now, there's obviously some cognition issues that are going on now, which have just exacerbated what he was. Now, when people ask him, did you ever talk to your son about his life? Hey, bud, I never talked. Hey, 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 Dutch. Hey, Duke. Hey, hey, Bob, I, I, hey, Mac, I didn't talk. I never said what. And it's like he has no ability to go, well, look, every, first off, if your son owned a frozen yogurt place in <laughs> Pasadena, you would talk to him about his business on Thanksgiving dinner, right? You'd go, son, yeah. how's the soft swirl going? And he'd go, eh. hey, hey, hey. Don't, Winter don't months shit talk tough. to Pinkberry in Pasadena, okay? That's the mango's right. pretty solid over Too there. Too late. The point is, is I've never talked to my son ever about any of his... It's like, <laughs> well, for, that makes you a horrible dad, doesn't right, it? Right, right, right. Um, but he has this thing where now he's angered if anyone challenges him. He does not have... There's no gray area... You know, when somebody talks about, uh, you go back, just go back and look at all the clips, like during the debates with Trump. It's like, hey, well, your business dealings with China. I, my business, I never did any, I don't have anyone. It's him, it's Trump that he did. It's like, your son's all over business dealings with China. Like, you know, y- you can say, hey, it's a nuanced 
subject. When you become a politician, you meet a lot of people. You don't know who you're taking a photo op with all the time. I'm not, you know, I can't keep, I don't look at my calendar down to the last second. So yeah, probably met a few guys from a few places and I get what it, what it looks like, but I never profited off it or whatever. He's just like 100% never happened. Shut it down. No. He is really kind of sociopathic, and I don't think people really fully understand it. He, you know, when it, I mean, his tells are whenever he says true story, true story, or whatever, he's always lying. Whenever he says the word truth, there's a lie there. But also telling those stories like where he's saying, you know, when I, you know, 1953, I'd be walking with my dad through the streets of Scranton and we'd see two fellas hugging and my dad would look at me and go, that's what love is, son. And I <laughs> said, you know literally. what, you're right. That, guy, guy, that never happened. That never happened. Right. And Kamala Harris was marching with Harriet Tubman and wanted freedom <laughs> when she was two. It's like, hey, why doesn't this bother people more? This kind of weird. And then what people do is they go, well, look at Trump. Yeah, Trump said there were a million people at the inauguration and there were 700,000 people at the inauguration. I get it. He's a boaster. He's an exaggerator. This He's not inserting himself into like Zelig into pieces of history that like never happened or just lying about. I've got two degrees. Like you don't have one degree. I was at the head of my law school class. You, you're at the bottom. You're in the bottom 10%. Like that's insane. And, and, it's, and it's a tell. And most people don't take it as a tell, but they should. You, you think he's going to make it all the way? I mean, you no. kind of hit on the mental stuff. Something ain't right. I Look, I don't know. Maybe you and I were early money on this, but a year a year ago, a year and a half ago, they're like, you think he's running for I said, he's not. No, he's not running for a second term. They were like, why not? You don't think he wants to be president? I was like, he's not He's not going to be here. He's not going to be able to physically. I was on Bill Maher's show, and he was like, is he going to run? And, you know, of course he's going to run. And I said, he's going to run for, I said, he can't, he can barely walk. <laughs> yeah. Forget about running for president. No, I and I said early, I don't know if he's making it out of the first term. Yeah, I, I think I said on, at, on inauguration day, I think I said I'll retire. I'll end my show if he makes it through the whole first term. I think I'm looking pretty good at the moment. But l let me, Look, uh, you if mentioned. They, if they want to okay. prop him up and just sort of, if they want to do what they want to do, if the, the news outlets and the mainstream media and everyone wants to just kind of circle the wagons and prop him up, I suppose they could ride it out if they really want to go down that route, that, that hole. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Well, you mentioned Mar, and I, I talk about Mar a lot on this show. So I'm, whatever parties you're still invited to, I'm going to get you disinvited to all of them right now. Because I talk about Mar a lot, like sort of as the, he's the prototypical sort of, I'm not a crazy woke lefty. I'm good on free speech. I, I'm against CRT. I'm against the gender stuff. I finally came out against lockdowns. You know, I'm sane on most of this stuff. The conservatives always applaud him. Then he calls them racist. They get upset for a minute. Then he says something sane. They applaud again. Uh, what do you think is going on there? And do you think there's a way to like get a guy like him to, to get over the hump and realize that the people that he's supporting are, are importing all of the stuff that he hates? He's a guy who's 
intellectually honest, who can be a little naive sometimes in that. I remember he had uh, Adam Schiff on his show maybe a year ago. He did the one-on-one interview with him. And he said, and this is kind of him being intellectually honest and naive at the same time. He's like, look, Adam, you come on my show, you go on CNN, you go on Anderson Cooper, you know what I mean? What you really need to do is go on Hannity or go on Tucker and straighten those people out. You know what I mean? You're preaching to the choir on Joy Reid's show. Go on Hannity. I wish that guy would put you on his show so you could go over there. Adam Schiff, because he's a coward, sort of mumbled under his breath, "Uh, I've been invited a few times. And then Bill Maher, who's naive, was like, well, then why not go? Because he'd get his ass handed to him because he's a liar. And And they would have facts and he would be destroyed. Yeah, okay, go talk to Ben Shapiro. Go talk to Dennis Prager. Hey, go go talk to those guys. They, they never talk to those guys because they get destroyed. Or Gavin Newsom, come on back for round two. Come on back, pussy. Let's have it out. Bring a notepad. I won't write anything down. How about it? Come on back. He won't come back because he'll be destroyed. So Mars a little naive, like, hey, go on Hannity and go coach him up. And so that's kind of the naive, the naive part. The other part of him that's sort of, honest and hopeful is, yeah, you got a message to spread. spread. Why wouldn't you, why do you keep going to the people that are already converted? Go, go outside. I, I said the same thing about Fauci the whole time. You owe oh, these, these, uh, these unwashed Walmart shopping, gun toting, Hannity watching people. They don't, they're not getting the vaccine. They're not wearing, they're not getting the message. We got to get to those people. Well, don't do it on Joy Reid show, Fauci. Go on Hannity and yeah. straighten everyone out. But you won't because you're a coward and you know there'd be pushback and they'd ask questions and you couldn't answer those questions. So you won't. But it's insane for someone like Fauci who's trying to spread the message to the right who won't go on shows of the right. That's an interesting conceit. And also that this this bullshit where people are like, well, he wouldn't be treated fairly. What do you mean treated fairly? Gavin Newsom can come into my studio and say whatever the fuck Gavin Newsom wants. I'm allowed to push back. He then is allowed to correct me. What do you mean treated fairly? I I, I love that notion. He knows he's not going to be treated fairly. No, he's not. He's going to be treated like a guest and there's going to be a debate. Now go ahead and bring all your facts and beat up Tucker with your information. It's funny because I get that too. They'll say, okay, well, you wouldn't treat them fairly. And it's like, you know, for all these people that I make fun of all the time, I've never treated a guest poorly once. I have never treated any guest any differently than any other guest. There are people who maybe I agree with more, but I treat these people all the same. And I would treat any of these people with with respect, but I would ask hopefully the right questions along the way. But you're right that their their stuff is so thin that they know you can kind of just poke right through it. So uh, they'd rather call us Nazis, Adam. Yeah, so Mar, who I know well, and who's a good guy, is his basic conceit, and I think it's the same with many Democrats and many people in California for sure, which is, look, um, there's too much regulation, there's too much red tape, housing, housing is too expensive, taxes are too high, and wildfires and water shortages and the schools suck, fine. But would you really want a racist running 
the state. Like, that's all. That's all at the end. You really think that's, that's, that, that's like, he really believes it. I think you're probably right. That's basically how it comes. That's just what it comes down to. And then the people that have a bunch of money and send their kids to private school go, yeah, you know what? I don't care that there's traffic and I don't care that the grid is, is broken and I don't care that we're running out of water. I just would not want some homophobic bigot running the state or, or as the president or whatever. And they go, so it's still better. And, you know, maybe the answer is, yeah, if that were true, I mean, if Larry Elder was the actual black face of white supremacy or something, or Dennis Prager was a white supremacist, then I would tend to agree. I'd still be a little more pragmatic and probably go, well, I'm white. So what do I got to worry about? But yeah, I would go, yeah, I, I know people that are gay or black or something. Yeah, I would not want to vote for the Hitlerian, you know, Stalin-esque uh, dictator or whatever. But they're not intellectually honest enough to go, what do you mean he's a racist? Like, wh- where's that coming from? Oh, the LA Times said he was. Right. Oh, okay. But the, don't they call everyone a racist? I, as you said, and I quote you all the time, how could it be that everyone who disagrees with our side when you're on the left is a racist? How, how's that mathematically possible? That's our yeah. argument? Hey, I the want to talk about water. Stop working what, for me. I'm going to build a desalination plant in Redondo Beach. Oh, because you're racist? <laughs> like, can, is everything race? I mean, you just disagree with everything? The race. I, I want, uh, I like fracking and cheap oil. Oh, okay. I, I get it, homophobe. I yeah. get it. Yeah, transphobe. <laughs> Corolla, I'm going to save my most important question for our locals community, for the subscribers, because I'm a greedy capitalist, a.k.a. racist. We're going to do that in just a second. Is there anything else you want the good people to know about, about the book, which we're going to link to down below because we're a professional program? Uh, It's a very funny book. Go to Amazon, read the reviews. If you like what you read, go get it and you will laugh. And, you know, in a world where there's a lot of problems and people are pretty serious, having a laugh is probably going to be good for your soul. Adam Carolla, good luck in California, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Rubin Report. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.